Welcome back, my friends, to the sweet spot where IT leaders share the inside with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas. I don't think every week Howard is trying to trip me up, but I'm looking <laughs> up the camera so we can have a perfect starting. How are you guys? Hello, hello. Good, Carlos. How are you? I knew that you were going to do that, so I'm like literally looking up the camera. I'm not looking at you. I'm like, I need to look at the camera. <laughs> Uh, for, uh, for all the new audience, welcome to part three of uh, how Howard and I talk about the DIY submarine that we've been creating in the south. <laughs> <laughs> our, uh, our tours began in, in only two weeks, so you better, you better and, sign up now. And trust us, we're experts. It'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, unfortunately, Paul and I have agreed to give up our seats on the submarine to paying customers, right? I mean, yes. maybe by the fifth or sixth submarine, we'll get it. We'll actually find our own seat and get a seat. But, you know, we wanted to hire mostly qualified tour guides and somewhat qualified pilots uh, as you, you know, tour the, the trenches of the ocean and go down and see the Titanic. It'll be fine. You know, I got in one of those submarines, but it was not that to go really deep. And you can still feel I mean, neither was a that. little bit of, like, when they get you, like, the, the scuba dive type thing that you go through the corals. I'm like, I don't know how the heck you're going to go down that deep on a dingley. That thing looked like they put, like, two metal drums, like the one that they used to fly from Cuba to Florida. <laughs> That's what it looked like they <laughs> for that. <laughs> Yeah. What, what I love is um, dude decided that he could do what has only been done 11 times. If I'm, if I, if I have the number correctly, there's 11 current submersibles that can go that deep. Two of which are owned by James Cameron and the dude who discovered the Titanic. Right. Like U S Navy submarines with a nearly unlimited budget cannot go that deep. Right. That's and I think that's something that, that most people miss is, um, you know, the, the, the pressure at that level is why the Titanic wasn't discovered for so long. Not because we were going through the ocean like this. <laughs> right. It was, a, it was a physical impossibility to get to the place. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, so when it was discovered, I got to do a school field trip as a kid and go hear the talk by the guy who discovered it with James Cameron. Um, it was super interesting um, but but that ended up kind of being the problem was they went, well, there's no way it's here. There's no way it's here. There's no way it's here. Well, it's not anywhere else. And therefore, it must be there. Well, now we have to design submersibles that can go deep enough to see is it actually there. And that's how they, you know, that's how they discovered it. But the point at which they're like, yeah, yeah we don't really, we're not, we're not, we don't really want to put people down there. We're going to put cameras down there because if they get crushed, that'll be fine. Um, for then someone to go, I think, I think I'm going to use expired carbon fiber and make it work. Right, like, mm, I, I don't know, dude. I'm not, you know, I'm not you sure. Know, you don't go in DIY helicopters, DIY planes. Oh, I'll do DIY planes all the time. <laughs> all the time. Planes want to stay in the air. Like, right. they're, they're designed, they want to stay in the air. Helicopter? Mm, helicopters are kind of actively trying to kill you. Right. <laughs> so what, what about the plane that looked like a helicopter that just got approved in California to start doing taxis? I mean... I don't know that that's DIY anymore. Uh, I'm probably not going to be the first person to, to DIY taxi it, but I don't know. If the Uber rate competes with Uber Black, I'm down. 
I was in I was in LA two weeks ago. Like I'm 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 happy to I'm 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 happy to avoid that traffic, even if it well, means they'll take my life in my hand a little bit, you know. So let's think about something. Do you think that the guy that built a submarine probably used probably Chat GPT version one so the <laughs> results were not correct? And that's uh, actually, why he had the problems? I think he used Chat GPT three. Like it's a it's a, a large language model. Like it's not a scientific model or a mathematical model. I think that might be part of the problem. Yeah, he just it's, allowed it's it to hallucinate its way to uh, <laughs> to something that looked like a fourth grader's drawing of a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> and it was only four paragraphs. He just invented the rest right. of the detail. <laughs> I mean, uh, look, uh, the the somewhat most frightening and most comforting piece of data data point about the whole thing is: um, Do you know how long it was before the compression started and the compression ended? No minutes. No, oh, three milliseconds. Three milliseconds. Wow. Yeah, the air instantly vaporized once it started. And how long did it take before that event occurred? Uh, well, once it started to crush, it was done. No, but I meant from the time they started to submerge. Oh, I have no idea. No. Was that hours? Was that? I'm minutes? sure they were down there for. No, I'm sure they were down there for hours. Okay. Right. Which and and they were probably fine for hours. Right, because right. it, it just it just it, the the whole thing happened like that, which is which is better, not worse. You know what yeah. I mean? Good good news for the people. Yeah. Co correct, correct. Mm -hmm. The the quantity of terror generated at the end was non-existent. Right. Right. So. So Carlos has attempted us to bridge. So we'll we'll bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but, so Gen AI, I've only been talking about it for the last uh, three hours. Uh, it's never come up in any conversation. I don't read it in any news. Uh, it has nothing, no content in the Snowflake Summit at all. I was shocked it was never mentioned once. Right, right. Um, nobody at the office or any of our clients or partners have ever wondered aloud about it. So right. I, I don't know. Is no, this... you're hallucinating just like... <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is this news? Is this, you know, right. is this the blockchain of 2023? Like, what, what's what's the deal? What are you hearing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I heard today, I read a bit of it. That there is a, I think, 130-page class action lawsuit filed against ChatGPT that also names Microsoft, hmm. which I find to be interesting. Um, rethinking their buy of OpenAI. No, no investment, right? But yeah. but no, um, I think I think anyone that generates a market cap similar to what ChatGPT does in any amount of time is going to be hit with with class action lawsuit or 25 right right um that i think there's some 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 good arguments in there right like um can a uh large language model support or generative ai support uh right to be forgotten requests in a way that's defensible and i'm not i, I don't know the answer right um i'm not sure anybody can authoritatively tell you the answer right i think everyone would have to be making making it up to some degree right um, and it really comes down to, can I remove pieces? Uh, I, I think it's complex because ultimately, what does it mean to be forgotten? Right. Do I have to forget the data about the person or the insight gained from the data about the person? Does the AI actually see those as separate things? 
Um, what does the corpus of its data really look like and how does it access and, and leverage that information, right? right. Not, not, not just its, its ability, but its knowledge, right? Um, and so I think or it's- Or do you not worry about the knowledge and only worry about the output? In other words, no matter what you ask it, it will never, sure. it'll never exclaim content related to what's supposed to be forgotten. Sure, and, and that they could definitely do considering it already does that. Right. It already has input and output filters. Right. Well, it at least has output filters, whether they're input and output doesn't matter. Right. right. I mean, ultimately, when it says, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't do that, Hal, um, it very well could just be an output filter. But, right. but regardless, right, it already has filters in place that, that do content moderation. Um, so I guess the question is, right, um, have they received, have they received right to be forgotten orders that they have not, that they have failed to comply with? Right. I mean, you know, there's more to it than that, but but I think that's kind of the net, the net result. Um, I I think I, I I don't know. I think that the time will tell on whether that's a reasonable argument, whether a reasonable argument gets made in court, and whether that affects kind of AI in general. Um, and I I actually think that the lawsuit's good for ChatGPT for OpenAI, um, not bad for them, in the same way that all of the conversations about ethics and regulation are good for open AI, not bad for them, mm. right? The, all they're going to do is create a larger barrier for en to entry for any new entrance. And considering how quickly these things are being disrupted, um, it's really the only opportunity they have to, to stake a claim and maintain it. Mm. Right. Do you, we both talked to a lot of more, more businesses than consumers, right? So one could look at ChatGPT and say, fun interesting consumer related tool set um, would one use that inside large enterprises and a lot of the policies i get back is uh no we're going to prevent you from both using corporate data in that circumstance or using the output without some sort of human intervention to validate to qualify to to add truthiness to it before you could actually apply it to the things we do so given that do you think there's a distinction in some way between consumer use of Gen AI and enterprise use of Gen AI? And I, and I don't mean use cases. I just mean by definition, are they different or are they the same? No. And I think any, I think any organization that says we're going to prevent people from using it is, well, is insane. Right. Um, be, be, because they're going to use it. I can put it on my phone. Right. Like uh, they're going to use it. Um, yeah, I, it's not about use. I think it's more of don't give it our intellectual property. Right? Well, don't upload into the consumer version sure. code that we've written that we could patent. Sure, but I think that's a different statement, right? Yeah, um, I agree. Distinctly different, right? Yes, keep your intellectual property out of the hands of AI models. Yeah, probably a decent general rule. Um, you know, that being said, if you want to write an AI model yourself or, you know, want to leverage one of the open models that you control and run on your own infrastructure and, sure. and execute and, you know, and control its chatter, that's 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 likely a very different conversation. Right. Um, yeah. And if I'm you want to bring in a foundation model and extend it with your own knowledge bases, then that's a that's a choice you can make, even if it's expensive. Correct. And then there's, you know, trust. 
can I trust the AI to do what the AI says on the label and not learn from my data when I tell it to not learn from my data, right? Because they do have private, um, they do have private models today, right? Where I can feed, um, where I can use Langchain and feed the AI effectively a corpus of data and then ask it questions about that corpus of data and it's restricted to that corpus of data. This doesn't learn from it and it doesn't share it. Uh, it also isn't doesn't go outside of it for information. Um, right? Like we, we 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 can do that now. We can do that today. And there's and there's a lot of value in that as well, right? Um, and I think companies really need to be as far away from black and white as you possibly can. Don't embrace the black and white. Be as far away from it as you can. Embrace the nuance, because. Failure to do so, that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean feed it all your data, but it does mean when you're thinking about this, think about it as deep scales of shades of gray, never black and white. Uh, because this, this has the potential to allow someone else to be far more disruptive than you are if you decide to go black and white. Yeah, AI, ML, deep learning, neural networks, by its very nature, exists in the world of probability, not in the existence not in the world of absolutism, right? For, it's for not sure. the answer. It's a close answer to what you're asking. Well, Ask a different question, might get a different probability. Well, and I think I think five years ago, you had 20 years to decide what your AI policy was. Today, you have two and a half months. Right. Right. Like the, the, the thing that ChatGPT has done that had never been done before is it made AI real, it made AI personal, and it made AI approachable in a way that no AI tool had up to this point, right? And the other component that you can see in there, corporations have a lot of policies, but I'm seeing also a lot of, like you said, what we call consumer, because they don't have access to larger models, leveraging and improving on the consumer technology. Like I have companies that I've seen, a friend of mine, that they actually load their whole library and that is now their training manual. So instead of spending time, they put new employees with their model, that is their apps that actually, like you said, they sandbox their data and they just ask questions and they're bringing people faster because now they can train them and then the head, for the department don't have to spend that much time with them training them oh yeah i mean the the difference in onboarding customer service support like the the different but the potential differences are enormous right um like it, it's funny to me i watched the build on power apps and hp has a chat bot that they added to their website that runs off microsoft power apps i don't know if you saw yeah, that, yeah. that demo um, it is the worst, re it is like a very typical HP response. Our website is horrible. Here's our chatbot. It's almost as horrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, what it does is it throws HP part numbers at you. Like, no, 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 no. The machine can talk HP part numbers. Why do I ever want to talk HP part numbers? <laughs> right. Like, it'd be way more useful if you said, help me choose a laptop. Oh, what are your questions about a laptop? Well, what would you like to use it for? Can you be more specific? You know what I mean? Like that stuff would be interesting and useful. You know, saying I need a new uh, ink, I need a new cartridge for my printer, not a good use case. It's a very boring <laughs> right, use exactly. case. Plus, I can just Google that. <laughs> pretty to pretty simple answer. Answer. Yeah. Right? Like it's terrible. And it's very typical HP, right? We have the worst website in the world. Here, this is how we've made it only slightly, but not really better. Right. I, I have 
I have a uh, a premise that um, that Gen AI is creating a much bigger wedge between what the business might seem might believe as simple as compared what the technology team would see as amazingly difficult, right? So the business sees an input box, ask a question, perform magic, right? Perform magic, uh, get stated result. So instead of going to Google, pressing, uh, you know, uh, tell me about blockchain, it gives a list of potential links. But now when you do the exact same, it's going to tell you a paragraph of what blockchain is. Yes. The, the distinct difference between showing the list based on an index and using NLP to break down that question and compare it against a series of knowledge bases through a neural network in order to formulate, generate text and paragraph to respond to you, orders of magnitude technical differences and difficulties. But so I wonder if this magic that seems so magic to the business is just not easy to understand and interpret and understand in the technology side. I, I, like there's a, the, the, the gap between those two are greater on this topic. The gap between those two is enormous. Yeah. Um, and like my, because I've been asked similar things to which my response is, um, I can absolutely do that for you. Um, Chat GPT is a multi-billion dollar investment over about a decade. Um, so those are my requirements. Just let me know when they're fulfilled. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Of course it's ridiculous, but so is your ask. <laughs> right. What's my budget on this again? It was multiple billions of dollars. Oh, and, and what is their running cost? $400 million a month or some crazy thing? Like, Right. You know what I mean? Like Their, their running costs are, are beyond obscene, even if their investment is huge and their market cap is huge. Right? They're, they're not profitable. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like a cash flow problem with that right, one. Right, like, I mean, you know. Um, what, well, I've had to explain the magic. How do you explain the magic? Like, I get a lot of less technical people because, you know, the programmers maybe have a general understanding of what neural networks might look like. Data scientists clearly could make the leap between, you know, training and inference on an ML model, especially a complex one. Uh, but it's the business doesn't really understand what the magic is to it. What do you go through? Like, what's your statement to say what this, what this miracle in between does? I mean, it's it's kind of two 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 pieces that I talk about. The first is, um, let's talk about what AI is. Right, AI is the ability to ask a computer about information and output from a computer that that computer is the only thing that it can that, that can see it. Hmm. You're asking a computer to describe what a computer can do that only it can see. Right. Right. So, so first off, the definition, it is the def, very definition of black box. If that sounds simple to you, then we need to have a deeper conversation, right? Right, Because that really should sound like holy crap to everybody, including the people that are writing the code for artificial intelligence today. Right. Right. Because even they're somewhat confused by it. Right. And then the second thing is, um, I love generative AI. I spend a lot of time with ChatGPT. Um, it is the fastest way to learn anything. I've not found anything faster. Um, it is absolutely a force multiplier for a lot of the things that I do. Um, it helps me get out of my own way faster than anything. Um, and yet, it is a language model. It is not a scientific or mathematical model. Mm -hmm. 
as a language model, right? Um, what's funny is I'm now getting all kinds of questions about other things we can do, right? Like, hey, I saw this thing on TV. Can we actually do, you know, like like facial recognition and video analytics? Yes, we've we've been able to do that extremely well since 2013. Welcome to the party. Come join us. <laughs> right. Um, at the same time, I see people who flat out don't understand what ChatGPT does. Right. I'm going to, we're going to feed it all the alerts we get from our company so we can ask it which ones are important. How will it know? Right. Right. So where, where's the context? When are you giving it that? Yeah. Correct. What are you going to, what, what do you expect it to do besides give you the response from red, yellow, green? Right. Well, well, what do you mean? I mean, if it's red, it's important. What else tells me that it's important? Do you want it more or less important to red? Would a better, better color, color wheel help you? I'm not sure how ChatGPT is going to solve that particular problem because, well, it's a, it's the problem set doesn't change, right? And the information was already red, yellow, and green. Mm -hmm. Where's it going to go from there? Yeah. What, what new creative summary does it need to provide you beyond right. and, what and, you already and, can And I can out. already tell you there's a thousand, yeah. right? I can already tell you that red, yellow, green is the, the way they apply the red, yellow, green is dumb. It's not the red, mm -hmm. the, the stoplight, starlight thing isn't, isn't the problem. The traffic light's not the problem. The, the problem is they don't use enough math, right? The algorithm on how it defines red, yellow, green doesn't actually provide enough information um, or enough granularity. Cool, but, but a language model is not going to solve that for you. Instead um, of instead of trying to hit the tool with a with a billion pound hammer, <laughs> right? How about we talk about how the tool is built to begin with, and actually add some analytics to the tool so the tool makes some logical sense, right? I I've often described the magic as describing the components that made up the magic, right? I'd say, you know, it needs to include, um, as you said you know, decades old foundational models that were failed many times before it passed. And it was only recent that it got to a point that it was usable in some sort of sense that you can see it. It also includes, you know, I'm going to use the word the sum of human knowledge, but I kind of just mean the sum of written knowledge on the internet, right? <laughs> it includes that too, right? That makes the large language part of it. So a model that they've had to create and design and modify over 10 years, the sum of human knowledge, then they tuned that, right? Then they had to train that. Then they had to have people input that in order to figure out uh, what the answers need to look like. Then they actually had to have some sort of monetizable task, right? Some sort of output that made sense to humans who were going to read it. So that, that magic is not just a couple lines of code it is billions of dollars worth of investment and you are now the lucky recipient of it well investment so, and iteration right exactly iteration iteration over time. important, and, important and yes, part not even the investment while it looks kind of cool from a chat gpt it's application of that within the enterprise that you have lots of other considerations right you have lots of privacy considerations and use of your data consideration and how do you make an appropriate action for your organization that's valuable to you internally or you, the customer, effectively, right? There's, sure. there's, there's some added thinking there. It's not just, hey, why don't we just, you know, attach chat GPT to 
um, Excel, which you know Microsoft can do, but that's only a consumer-driven perspective. It's not actually creating an appropriate chatbot for your customer website. Well, and and even even if we attach ChatGPT to Excel, yeah. um, wh what does that mean for my Excel sheet that's got all my HR data in it? Right. Right. What does it mean for privacy? What does it mean for intellectual property? What does it mean for trade secrets? Right. What does it mean for the things that I don't wish to be public in even the smallest way? And when do I know the difference? Right. If I turn on the plugin. What is the plugin doing? What does the chatter look like? Right? How much action is it taking when I haven't specifically tasked it with one? Um, and and these are some of the things that I think need to be answered. And and where it's and you're spot on with with the black box comment. The explainability alone creates a lot of uh, a lot of problems for the legal team, right? A lot of problems for the risk team. A lot of problems for the security team because if you put a lot of interesting, valuable assets of the organization into this, into this large language model, and you'll get potentially a highly hallucinatory answer. Whose risk is that? If I can't actually trace how I got from input to output because yep. it's a black box. Yep. That's, well, and and to that point, right? Yeah. Um, let's say I give it all my data, and I'm a mid-sized company, and I give it, I don't know, four petabytes of data. Yeah. That's all my company data. And let's say it's I've, I've dealt with a privacy issue. I've got perfect EIM, right? And so my data quality is good. My data privacy is good. My governance is good. It only sees data that I don't consider to be a trade secret, whatever. Let's say I even trust it. Yeah. Right? It's a language model. It's, it's, it's only allowed to respond to you with language. It's not currently allowed to tell you it doesn't know. Right. <laughs> it's not. Right. And so if the data doesn't exist within the data set, what are you expecting it to give you as a response? Right. It right. really just gives you a lower probability created set of answers, right. which is why a good portion of the time, I don't know what percentage, a good portion of the time, even when using chat GPT, the answer is in fact incorrect, or at least not, uh, it's not, not correct. enough to be helpful. Yeah. It's just not correct. Yeah. Right. To, to the to the level of correctness that a lawyer would say need when filing a brief with the court. Well, while this statement is not accurate in any way, I think it helps the business users. When I say ChatGPT is as valuable now as Wikipedia was 15 years ago. Or now. Or now. <laughs> but at least it was way worse then, right? It was, you couldn't trust a lot of that content. Well, no, a lot has sure been curated since that time. So it's clearly more accurate comparatively. And yes, I'm not, I'm not sure it will get better over time too. Right. Wikipedia is incredibly gamified today. Right. Right. I don't know that it's a trusted trusted source anymore. No. There was a brief period where where, where I think Wikipedia was was a trusted source, but yeah, it's not it's not so trusted today. Okay. Oh, so yeah. let's talk about what has to be true for you to entertain you as an organization to entertain a Gen AI initiative. What, what has to be true in your environment, i.e. the company, and what has to be true in your technical situation, environment, maturity? Well, I, th I think you have to have a use case that actually makes sense. You have to have a use case that's heavily dependent on language, not math, science, right? Um, I, I think you have to have a 
corpus of data for that use case that is okay to be public. Like a fantastic use case is what Carlos went through, right? Um, let's do onboarding. We onboard a bunch of people. That should be the least private data we have in the company because we're gonna give it to every new hire that may, may only be there for an hour. Right. right. Let's throw our documentation for our application in there, right? Let people ask questions about our documentation, right? Yeah. If it's on the public facing website, it should be fine to be in there, right? Um, otherwise, probably shouldn't be on the public facing website. Yep. Um, I think there's a ton of places that you can apply it, but again, it's not magic. Even if even if it's the ELF on the back end, right? The elves and fairy network that makes it all work. Um, <laughs> it's it's not truly magic. Um, and so, really think about the data that's going in and the and the and the the kind of ideal situation you want in as, as it's coming out. That doesn't mean work yourself into a box and try to think of all of the various uses that people will have. Um, I, I, so this weekend is Denver Comic Con, right? It's Denver Fan Expo. It's not technically Comic Con, um, but Denver Fan Expo. It's it's kind of you know it's a similar thing. Um, I go every year and we teach people how to play Dungeons and Dragons. And so, of course, a big portion of the four sessions will revolve around ChatGPT and the use of generative AI when you're playing at home. Um, and I did all kinds of things with it. I've made a ton of content. Every image that I used is generated using Dolly. This is not commercial. I don't get paid for this. None of this gets published for any commercial reason. Um, but I wanted to show kind of the things that you could do at your table to take advantage of it. So, uh, I've been doing this for weeks, right? Building more and more and more detailed things. You know what I never thought of? What someone else said. I'm telling somebody about it who doesn't really play D&D but has a, a passing interest and would like to learn. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, I wonder if I could if I could ask it to create a character. And I'm like, okay. And I went, actually, I wouldn't have even thought of doing it that way. Mm. And so I described the basics, right? Um, I'd like you to create a character for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, which is the current version. Um, I like to play characters that that um, are magic kind of characters, and I'd like the character to be um, a little bit aloof and um, academic rather than worldly. Here's the roles that my DM gave me, and my DM said I could have three magic items that were level five. Give me, make the character sheet complete. Enter. Right. And and there's to do that. There's in a magic user. There's probably a hundred different things that you have to do. Yeah, it did all, all of them, including writing a pretty decent description, back, you know, backstory, appearance, right? Like, I mean, it was complete, complete. You could literally transfer that and and to your character sheet that you needed to play, and still have a bunch of stuff left over, and you don't have to make any decisions, and it's totally playable right away. And all you have to do is describe to it kind of what you like. And the cool part is it's completely context aware now. Hmm. So I can ask more questions. Hey, um, what is the character's family like? What was their home life? Do they have, if they have a sibling, who's the, what's their sibling's name? What does the sibling do? And you could even correct it. Okay, well, I'd really like the sibling to be more successful and there to be a little bit of a complex by the character. Right. And it will just continue to build and continue to build Right. Um, whatever your kind of ideal version is. Um, or synapses for the neural network. It, it's insane, right? Um, and what's insane about it is I'm an expert at this thing. A novice asks a question I never would have thought to ask. So when you're designing kind of what what generative AI looks like for you, don't don't put yourself in a box. Have a really good idea of what you want, but don't but don't overly engineer the box that you try to put yourself in. Think about the data. 
Think about the kind of ideal outcomes that you're driving to and then realize people are likely to do things you never, ever, ever would have thought of because you know both sides of the equation. They only know the, the first side. I have a problem I need to solve. Don't even try to figure out what their problem is. That's kind of the that's kind of the amazing aspect of especially an internal use of Gen AI where you're just going to you're going to take a large language model, a foundational model, you're going to add corporate knowledge bases, right? That might be a SharePoint or a Confluence, or you might have 50 of those knowledge bases because you never got around bringing them together anyway, right? Uh, and then you never really knew how what people were searching. You didn't really, right? Nobody logged that. And you never really knew what kind of HR content that they were looking for at any one period of time or onboarding content. But now you have a means to effectively let people and let the system learn what it needed to do in the first place and get better at it over time. So when a year from now, when another person comes on board, it's giving much better, more predictable, more highly probable answers to the questions they're going to be asking anyway, and even suited to the individual. So if they've been here for five years, you have a pretty good understanding of what they traditionally ask for from an HR perspective, or at least in the knowledge base, and you're coming back with pretty sharp answers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's solidly impressive what you can do kind of out of the box today and what the what the future holds. Right. So what has to be so that's that's kind of on the business side. What how about on the technology side? What has to be true in your technology environment to either be prepared for as a pre or a prerequisite for doing some of this fun sort of innovation? Gen AI. Expect security not to exist. Why? Because we're not talking about it. It's, it's open. It's moving super fast. Cool. There's APIs and everything that you need, right? Um, everything's moving incredibly fast. Are you really able to trust the security? In which case, you can't trust the code to be secure. So you must build the platform and the infrastructure to be overly secure to compensate to compensate for it. Right. Um, I would start with security before I did anything else. Mm. Without a doubt. Right. It's the it's the my my biggest fear in all of this stuff that I am seeing is um, I'm now required to trust the security of every everybody on the chain and everybody on the chain is moving faster than they've ever moved before to avoid being outpaced. I'm 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 incredibly concerned about it. So is there content in upcoming um webinars and seminars and conferences that's called zero trust gen ai um i i actually haven't heard or seen any which makes me even more concerned i'm trying to figure out what like i'm trying to i'm trying to wrap my thoughts around what the actual like quantifiable risk is right um i think it's potentially enormous um but uh, you know, maybe I'm missing something. So I'm trying to figure out if it, I'm missing something. Is the data ready? So let's say I wanted to do a, 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 a customer customers use case, right? I want to create a knowledge-based chatbot uh, for discovering, going through the manual of whatever technology problem I sell, right? It's, I sell a car, that car is a manual, and now I want to be able to have a consumer facing chatbot. Absolutely. Well, what has to be true of my technology for do I have to already have a data warehouse? Do I already have to nope. have data quality or do I already nope. have to have data catalogs? Do I have, nope. to have any of those things to prepare for me to 
implement something. I mean, I mean, the reality is your your the documentation, your manual is already out there. It's available somewhere, and therefore it's in a state good enough for the AI to consume it. That's that's kind of the scary the scary thing, right? Because think think about what that means inside an organization. We started this whole conversation around people who aren't in the know don't know how complex this is, and to, which also means they don't understand the risks. And so if tomorrow I can put an AI bot on my website that has perfect recognition of the English language and, and a few others and perfect knowledge of my manuals, no matter how large they are, and can respond instantaneously to every question asked by every customer and give them a both a um, reasonably good answer and a context sensitive aware answer. How fast is an executive going to say, and what are you doing for me next? <laughs> right? What have you done for me lately? How fast are they going to continue to throw data at it until the risk unknowingly is so incredibly huge, there's no coming back from it. Right. That, that's, that's the concern, right? You want to, you want to make your manual available, go do it. It's yeah, public. Easy. Yeah. Right. But that's why you really need to think about what am I going to do? What is my ideal outcome? And what are the data sources that I'm going to give this thing? Right. If it's public, it's public. If it's public, it probably already knows. And really what you're trying to do is restrict it to just commenting on your manual. Right. That's the whole purpose of private is, is while you can use your understanding of language, your knowledge is restricted only to what's contained within this manual. Yeah. But, but ultimately the challenge is, um, this becoming, you know, potentially explosive, right? And then, and then all all you need is someone to make have made a mistake, and your public facing chatbot has all your financial information, right? Right. Because you'll start to think, hey, I could connect this quickly, right? I could say, not only is it the manual, but my uh, my ticket, my incident management, system, sure. my maintenance records, and all of a sudden, that's leaning a little bit closer to my customers. <laughs> right, my, my actual customer detail or or potential maintenance problems in my vehicles, which leads to legal risk in my organization, not just, you know, helpful advice <laughs> for oil changes. It now becomes a predictive maintenance issue in that mm -hmm. now I'm going to get sued because they know that the tires are going to burst in three years because that's what the output tells me. Yeah. Mm, fun. But, but I think the potential still is, you know, for, for those who are paying attention and for those who are willing to go deeper, um, I think the potential is greater than any other time. My job has simply become easier. My ability to find information, to learn things, to, you know, we've commented on this podcast for years. How do you consume information? We've talked about it over and over again, right? My ability to consume information has never changed the way that it's changed in the last three months. And, and never for the over enormously better. And, and I'll be honest, the best thing that ever happened is uh, the Reddit nonsense, right? Reddit, Reddit has decided to, um, did you read Cory Doctorow? I think that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Did you read his Enshittification? I did not. You should read it, it's okay. brilliant. But it's basically, when any of these, these internet tools start, they, their benefit is to the user. You get a user base, they, everything they do benefits the user. Yep. Then they change and they benefit the buyer. Right. Right. As soon as they attempt to monetize. Corporation that is paying them. 
Yeah. And then once they've got that done, then they benefit themselves or the shareholder. And when they do that, it's the inshittification. <laughs> right? That is the inshittification. Because there's no way for it not to be, a, to be a shittier experience as it goes through each stage. Right. Right. Sure. Um, and, and, and it creates a loop that you just can't get out of. Right. right? And so Reddit has now decided to do that. Um, and, you know, as a as a site that only runs based on thousands of people donating millions of hours a year, they've decided to hamstring all of those people. Um, right. and, and so I'm, 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 I'm off, I'm off Reddit, right? Somebody, somebody actually reached out to me individually, which is the only reason I went back and answered their question and then left again. Um, so you that decided was to not moderate your, your, uh, I've decided I, yes, I've decided I no longer need to participate in the things I was participating in on Reddit, right? So the dozens of hours of trying to help build a community that I would do a week, I'm no longer doing, right? Um, and if it was just me, it wouldn't matter, but there's hundreds of thousands of us that have done similar things, right? Um, that being said, what that meant was the number one way that I consumed, right? I was made aware of things is no longer that way. And I've had to find other ways. And ChatGPT is a fantastic way for me to do that. Right? As are as are other tools that are more, you know, more recently aware. And what do you use um, as secondary material to combat the accuracy problem? Uh, everything. Everything. So that, everything. that hasn't got your secondary material hasn't got away. No. Nope. But it used to be primary. Now it's secondary. Uh, well, my my primary used to be Reddit. It was just a news feed, right? Um, and the comments on Reddit, which was a lot of work to kind of work through. Is sure. this bullshit? Is this real? What does it actually say? What does it actually mean? Kind of thing, yeah. right? Um, that was primary. That has now become secondary, mm. right? right. Uh, I no longer get those comments. And so now the work that I do to figure out if something is real or not, fr frankly, is shorter. Because ChatGPT can, can give me the TLDR, right? Too long, didn't read. And then can also give me the explain like I'm five and then also say for more information, go check this stuff out. Right. Right. And I can immediately find the places that, that have better information. Um, but I already know the lexicon when I start, I already know the, the kind of executive summary basics before I start. Right. And all the barrier for entry goes from here to here. And so I can walk into a conversation having knowledge about it. So now, continuing to deepen that knowledge is significantly easier than it's ever been before. So what I'm hearing from you from a summary perspective is you're highly optimistic over the technology until the open source or consumer side becomes monetized. And on the business side, uh, you're highly optimistic about the value it can produce for things like customer interaction and even employee interaction until such time as we find that the security flaws are overwhelming the value it's produced yeah and or other risks yeah that's a great way to put it i buy it same page awesome. and we rarely agree <laughs> <laughs> carlos that was a uh, uh, enjoyable 43 minutes that was a good conversation well we'll see how we keep leveraging the technology, how we keep using it, and then what we do with it. Because uh, we had somebody here that talked about API security, how for the longest time people thought, oh, it's an API, so it should be secure. And they did not 
do the correct thing. Now with this technology, what do we need to do? I think that's probably what we need to start focusing. How can we secure it? What can we do correctly? Is there Are there any controls that we can put in place through the technology, through the data, so we can then live a better life? Because if not, Terminator is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so my friends, make sure that you share, you subscribe, and we'll see you on our next episode.